The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio, where we inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think and feel and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And once again, this week is no exception. I've got a terrific guest. He's a return guest to Guys Guys Radio, and he's a real guys guy. His name is Ken Honda. He comes to us from Tokyo, Japan. We're going to talk about money. His book, his seminal book, is called Happy Money. And it's all about how people can better relate to money and the energy of money and the vibration and frequency of money. And this is a perfect time to be talking about this because we've got a crazy economy here in the U.S. It's even crazier worldwide. And everybody really needs to fasten their seatbelt and also fasten their wallet because what's happening out there, as we all know, is that, you know, the price of oil and gas and fuel has gone up. Yeah, maybe pulled back a little bit, but it's still ridiculously high and way higher than it was a year ago. We've got mortgage rates have actually, I think, doubled in the past year. So people who were about to buy a house, which the prices on homes and new homes and reselling homes had gone through the roof with inflation. And now with the mortgage rate so high, they're going to have trouble pulling that together. So we'll see if the costs and the prices of houses go down a little bit. I think they'll go down, they'll dip as they did back in 2008, but they're not going to dip to that extent. It doesn't look like that, but who knows because everything is so topsy-turvy. We've also got, still we have these long-term issues with the supply chain, all the boats backed up in the Long Beach port out here in California. It's hard to get parts and different things in terms of shipments in from overseas and people are remote working. You got the war in the Ukraine going on. Everybody's like, some people are saying maybe we do need an alien invasion and who knows how that, if aliens show up to talk to us, how that's going to be handled and what the messaging and narrative will be about that. It's really tough to keep track of all the stuff going on today. So I want to bring Ken back to the show because we're going to talk about money from an energetic standpoint. You know, the brass tacks of each day with the stock market going up and down and basis points and the Fed manipulating the interest rates. We're not going to talk about that specifically. We're going to talk more about understanding that money has its own flow, has its own energy, and it's going to go up and it's going to go down and the values are going to change. But how do we manage to keep our sanities and prosper in a time when money is so unpredictable, if you will. So my special guest today, Ken Honda, will bring him out very quickly. And I hope everybody's into a start of the fall because it's finally here. And 
we had a really hot, hot, hot spell out here in Southern California a couple of weeks ago where it was crazy hot. Now it's cooled down and the weather is absolutely stunning as it usually is at this time of the year, September, October, November, just gorgeous out here in Southern California where you have, you know, you have that little bit of marine layer in the morning and then at a certain point somewhere between 10 a.m. and about 1 p.m. it burns off and then you have these glorious sunny days. You can still get out there and get to the beach. The water's warm. The air isn't that cool. It's nice. It's like in the 70s. So really perfect time. It's an extended summer here for me. I'm an East Coast guy. I'm used to Labor Day. That's it. Although in my time visiting the Jersey Shore, I used to really take advantage of the fact that the water was nicer in September and even October. And there was no crowds down the Jersey Shore and you didn't have to pay to go on the beach. Here in Southern California, most of the year it's beach time. And I am loving it. So, Guys Guys Radio, my special guest once again is Ken Honda. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about happy money. And I think you got to ask yourself, is your money happy or unhappy? And are you happy or unhappy about it? So let's get to it right now. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, today on Guys Guys Radio, we're going to talk about money, and in particular, we're going to talk about happy money. My special guest is Ken Honda. He's been on the show before. He sold like eight to 10 million books. He's an amazing guy, and he really helped me as well as so many of our listeners out there learn about what money really is, how not to fear it, how to get into the flow with it, and how to work with the energy of it. So ask yourself this, what kind of money are you carrying around? Even though you can't see the smile of the money physically, you can pretty much guess if your money is smiling or not. And what type of money personality type are you? Are you a compulsive saver, a spender, a money maker, indifferent? There's so much to learn about money. We really don't think about it. And I'm so pleased that my friend Ken Honda is back on the show. We did an audio interview a few years ago, and I want to have him back because I think his message not only is it terrific, and I think Ken's a terrific writer, but it's so appropriate for what's going on right now because we have inflation. Everybody's freaked out about money with the stock market, uh, up topsy-turvy. So we're going to get into it right now with my special guest, the author of Happy Money, Ken Honda from Tokyo, Japan. Welcome. Hello, hello. And uh-huh. um, Robert, thank you for inviting me back. That means a lot because I, I hope you like what I did a few years ago. <laughs> I love I love what you do, and so does our audience. And it's mm. uh, so appropriate right now, and you're really helping people. My gatekeeping is on my show, Can My Guests Help My Audience? And mm-hmm. when I was looking through some of my past guests, I was like, who do I want to bring back? Your name was at the top of the list because so many people have issues with money emotionally and intellectually. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's a time where everybody's freaking out because, as you know, we've been on a roll with Money's been in a good place in the last couple of years until recently. And now everybody's like, oh, my God, what's going on? How do I make it? So let's get right into your book, Happy Money. At the very beginning, Ken, let's start with what is money? That is a very deep question, Robert, because money touches every area of your life. Money touches your health, uh, your work, your relationship or re- relationships, and also your peace of mind and time. So if you are messed up with money, 
you don't have peace of mind, you don't have time, you are frustrated with work, and uh, you are so, uh, uh, you, you feel so bad about yourself. So uh, I've, I've seen people, and there are only a few percentage of people who have a very healthy relationship with money. It doesn't really matter how much money you make or you have. Uh, people think if you had a million dollars, you'd be happy. But I've seen people uh, having $10 million, but still complaining about uh, his jet, private jets being so small. <laughs> so uh, you have to really find um, when is enough, how much is enough. And then uh, feel free from the frustration uh, from the money-related stress. You know, it seems like uh, you bring up an excellent point. When somebody I've noticed with friends and colleagues through the years that, and I'm not like that. I have a pretty good relationship with money. I don't throw mm -hmm. it around and I don't spend what I don't have, but that's just me. Everybody has a different way of managing it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people I know, they the more money they make, the more they spend, and they seem to get themselves almost in a negative position with money, even mm -hmm. though they have more money because they've changed their lifestyle and they reach a little bit too far without first having gone inside to kind of solidify their relationship with money. Do you hear that often, Ken, where the more you have, the more you want, just like kind of like you just touched on? Yes, it's uh, floating in the ocean, you know, after wreckage. So that means that uh, if you uh, drink a, a glass of seawater, it makes you feel more thirsty. So you drink more and drink more and you you, you get dehydrated. It's like that. If you just um, make more money, uh, little monsters in you say, like, more money, please. And then you make more money. <laughs> but if you just make more money, there are so many toys and gadgets that you you uh you want to buy uh, it starts from us uh, cars and houses and yachts and boats and and helicopters and private jets and, and there are so many things that you can waste your money on so there's no end so unless you find when is enough it's a never-ending struggle after just you uh probably you'd feel okay about uh fifty thousand dollars or even hundred thousand dollars um you feel less stress, but after that, uh, more money could be more stressful for you. I recently became an Ho'oponopono practitioner, mm -hmm. and everything's about "I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive yes. me, thank you." But it's energetic, and I—is that the relationship that you describe in your book about money, in terms mm -hmm. of coming to terms with it and feeling good about it, mm -hmm. seems to be related. And I'm not saying your book's about Ho'oponopono; it's it isn't, mm -hmm. but that relationship, the energetic aspect of money seems to be equally as the foundation for how you deal with money as you grow. For instance, you just mentioned, you know, people, they end up creating more problems sometimes the more money they have. And it's almost like it's a golden, it's a prison with golden bars. Yes. How can people begin to create the proper relationship with money? How do they first go inside? Like with all of our problems, Ken, as you know, we have to start with ourselves. We want to make a better world. Fix yourself. So how do we do that when it comes to money? So uh, first, um, you can check yourself um, how you deal with money emotionally, you know, because um, money pulls out the best and the worst emotions to have, uh, mostly negative, unfortunately. So when you make money or when you spend money, uh, what do you feel? Do you feel frustration? You know, you, 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 do, you, do you get irritated 
or do you get um, desperate? Do you feel sad? Uh, um, and that uh, is just uh, money-related stress. And just think about the source of uh, all this emotional stress. Where do they come from? And uh, so uh, when you pay bills and you feel squeezed, that means you don't believe that you have a capacity to make more money. Or when you just receive check and then uh, you get upset because it's so little that that doesn't really cover all the expenses. And then you feel uh, you're shrinking. That means that you have a self uh, worth worth self-esteem issues. So uh, depending on what kind of um, uh, feelings, uh, emotions you have, you can ident identify your problems. Uh, like wealthy people, or kids of wealthy parents, they tend to feel guilty of the money they receive because they don't feel that they, they deserve it. So if you're wealthy and if you want to start, uh, if you want to teach your kids, um, you have to you have to leave money without any guilt. So um, those uh, emotions are very tricky because it stays with you for the rest of your life unless you do a proper uh, healing or, or cleansing of all the emotions. Now you mentioned ancestral money relationship, how it can be passed down from grandfather yes. to father to, mm -hmm. to son. And it's important that we break that cycle if it in fact is a negative one. Yes, indeed. I've done a lot of studies of uh, very wealthy people. And it's very interesting because their uh, grandfather was once very successful, but then they lost everything. That impacted their parents, uh, their, their father or mother side so much. So they became a company, uh, uh, a big company employee or a government bureaucrat because it's safe and stable. But the funny thing is uh, this thing skips generation. So uh, somehow the son or the daughter of a very uh, conservative parents who are both government bureaucrats like teachers mm -hmm. uh, and they uh you know um they become very uh rebellious to their parents so they become exactly like their grand uh, their parents which is their grandparents so they become entrepreneurs so uh they their parents hate uh, their kids because they seem to talk and act like their parents, which was awful because they lost everything. So uh, unless you heal these pains, these intergenerational blocks are there. And then without uh, you knowing, uh, it controls the destiny of your family. So if you don't have a good relationship with the parents, uh, just think of the uh, family tree and then what happened between your parents and your grandparents and grandparents and grand-grandparents. You, you'd be amazed, like, wow, I must be like my grandparents. That's why my parents hate me, because I'm so free. You know, and, and the other, other uh, I've seen the other uh, pattern too. Because their parents were entrepreneurs, and they didn't have any time uh, when they were little, they they just swore, swore that one day when I become a parent, I'll be there. So uh, instead of just going for business, they become a teacher and then you know, spend their um, entire time with their kids. So, and, and it just the choice is yours. But uh, just uh, imagine that you have been controlled by this force without knowing it. Ken Hunt is my special guest, the name of the book, which has sold millions and millions of copies because it's such a universal truth. 
what is the difference, Ken, between happy money and unhappy money? And how can somebody kind of tell the difference in their own relationship with money? You mentioned in the book about somebody who kind of sparked the idea for you by asking you to open up your wallet and say, is that money in there happy or unhappy? And it was like, what? <laughs> yes. One time I was approached by this woman. And she asked me if she could take a look at my wallet. And I said, okay. And then she pulled out all the bills and then she started checking and she's saying, this is okay. This is great. Okay. And then the, uh, she put them back and, and handed it back to me. And she said, Ken, you're good to go. And you passed the test. And I said, what, what is it? <laughs> what is the test? And she said, all your money is smiling. That means you must have made a lot of people happy and then receive money. And she said, on the other hand, if you're taking advantage of other people and make money, your money is crying in your wallet. And I was, whoa, what, what? but it sounds so interesting. And she said, she introduced me as uh, uh, she's a psychic. She sees things uh, differently. And that really got me into thinking. And I thought of a few friends uh, whose wallet, you know, I'm sure he, uh, their wallet, uh, uh, their money is not, <laughs> not smiling. <laughs> or my fr other friends, uh, definitely uh, her money is smiling. So you, even though you cannot see the physical smile, you can you know tell if somebody's uh, money is smiling in the wallet or not. Speaking of which, when you meet people, and since you've written the book, I'm sure you've met thousands upon thousands of people, and everybody has their own personal relationship with, with money. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you have gotten your psychic abilities, if you will, your intuition kind of dialed up yes. because of that. Uh -huh. What do you find the most prevalent relationship people have with money? Is it is it fear? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, uh, I just came back from the world tour. I studied from Helsinki, Finland and Sweden, Germany and the U.S. and Australia and back. Um, the most um, the biggest energy I feel is a uh, fear, you know, because of the uh, what's happening in Europe, the gas prices and electricity are like uh, getting doubled and tripled in some parts of the uh, world. And people are beginning to be squeezed because their salary is not uh, going as high. So I think the frustration and fear are the most common uh, emotions, negative emotions that uh, <clears throat> that we carry. And unless we do something, well, that uh, frustrations could be put against your government or put against your uh, parents or your uh, loved ones, uh, your wife. Or yourself, yourself. Yeah, yes, yourself too, your wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, that you want to care about. So instead of just putting your frustration out to your most loved ones, you have to really contain it or heal it. Otherwise, it could ruin your marriage, your friendship, and also peace of mind. Do you believe that the more you give, the more you get in return? Is there a reciprocal universal truth there where when you try to hoard the money, you squeeze it, uh, sometimes it can slip away. But if you open with it, you're open mm -hmm. to receive and allow it. It, it becomes uh, the same as any other energy. It just turns into because, you know, money itself is a piece of paper, but mm -hmm. the energy of it is, is what's important. Yes, exactly. And also, I just want you to focus on energy level. You know, um, the way you just uh, um, let go of uh, money will come back to you uh, as the same energy. 
So if you let go of frust- uh, money with frustration, uh, money comes back with uh, with frustration. But if you let go of money with appreciation, it comes back with appreciation. So not only just <clears throat> the more uh, you give, more you receive, you have to um, be aware of what kind of energy you let go uh, your money with. And also, uh, once again, Robert, uh, you're so right. Uh, more you give, more you receive. It's just what you give, what you get it back. So uh, you have to be accountable 100%. Uh, what you do, uh, what you put out comes back. So you have to be really accountable for who you are, what you do, and how you feel. Because how you feel about yourself will come back, uh, will manifest itself in the world. So if you are living in fear, you bump into a lot of fearful situations. So um, if you don't like that, you have to start working on your fear and let, let go of that too. So it sounds like, Ken, if you're going to write a check, you get some bills and you're like, oh no, you should happily write the check to pay your bill because well, first of all, you're going to have to pay it anyhow. Secondly, you, you have the money to pay the bill. That's a good thing. And when mm-hmm. you start to look at things, the positive, I got this bill, it's for my car payment. Again, it's taken me forever to pay for this car. But you say, hey, I have a car. I have the money to pay my monthly payment. And I'm going to pay it happily. Thank you. And send it out there. It seems like that it swages a lot of that anxiety that people have about money. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm so grateful that you're practicing happy money attitude already. <laughs> trying. <laughs> That gives me a joy, and also that gives that will give you a joy, because when you pay somebody with appreciation, you care for the people, you care for the mechanic, you care for the people, uh, for the mechanic's family, you know, um, because that uh, money you're paying will become his or her lunch, uh, uh, kids' lunch money. So that will circulate around the world, and then uh, it'll come back. So it's a, a fun feeling. Because the money you let go will, will just uh, keep blessing everybody on the route and then come back, comes back. Uh, how great is that? But if you just let go of money, I really don't want to pay for this. That's expensive. That's ripping off. That uh, funny frustration goes with the money. And, and he or she will pay the kids and say, you know, money, 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 they don't grow on trees. So you have to don't waste your money. So this uh, frustration energy will circulate around and then <clears throat> come back to you. And then your client said, I really don't want to want to pay for this, but since you sent me a bill, I'm going to pay. And then you get frustrated. So <clears throat> what kind of energy do you like it? You talk about the reasons that people want money. And I come from, I'm a boomer. So I come from parents who were in the, lived through the depression or the tail end of that, at least, or their parents lived through it. And so they never instilled in me like more and more money. It was never about money. They very uh, righteously, they said, do what you want to do and the money will come, which is great. However, I kind of thought that they had a ceiling on, you know, that money's not bad. They always thought, oh, if you focus too much on money, it's a bad thing. But you have six reasons people want money. So there's a reason why I'm mentioning all this. There's maintain a basic living, gain power, revenge, and then freedom, gain love, and express love. And mine had always been, and different than other people in my family, I was always like, I want the money so people don't tell me what to do. I want mm-hmm. the freedom. 
That, that, yeah. That's it. What do, you, what do you hear out there? Could you talk about a little bit about those reasons and how we can shift from kind of those first three to the to the final three, the freedom, gain love, and express love? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, so I think the basic needs for money for most of us, um, survival. So we need to bring food on the table for ourselves and also for our kids and, and family members. That is like number one. So if that gets threatened, uh, we we're going to a, a fight or flight mode, which is a lot of stress. So uh, I think the goal should go beyond the level of survival. That would be probably from thirty thousand U.S. dollars to uh, ninety thousand U.S. dollars, depending on where you live. So if you live in a countryside, you may not need so much because you can grow your own food and, and veggies, but once you go past the uh, uh, survival mode, now you can relax and then uh, start thinking positive about money. So I guess you have to go to uh, go beyond the the basic survival mode level, which is uh, very hard these days. <clears throat> so you have to come up with creative uh, creative ideas to spend less and make more. So as a family, you're in the same boat. So you have to. Uh, work together. Otherwise, in your family, there will be like a management workers uh, um, this conflict, <laughs> like in in the in everyday world. You know, a parent said, "I cannot give you any raise," and kids are saying, "We are going on strike." You know, <laughs> so that kind of thing. That's that my son. Happen. Yeah, that could happen. So um, you have to remember, you're you're in the same boat. So you start talking about money freely. Uh, because uh, your kids think <clears throat> uh, that you're uh, um, uh, ATM, you know, <laughs> ask and then the money will be given. You know, it's interesting. We're doing our best to teach my son about money and people give him money and uh, relatives and this and that. So mm -hmm. he he's into like now he's into baseball cards and things like that. So I tell him, OK, I gave him a little wallet. I said, mm -hmm. put some of your money into that wallet and we're going to go to Target or whatever, where they whatever they sell baseball cards. And you can buy your own Hot Wheels or baseball cards, whatever, but it comes out of your wallet and you'll be spending your money. And it's teaching him the, the value of money and that it's good to, because I noticed he was kind of hoarding things and mm -hmm. particularly money. And I wanted to get him to start, put it out there and teach him that as, and from your book, you put it out there, then it comes back to you. What's the attitude that you find through your work with children in terms of how do they initially start seeing money? Is it through the eyes of their parents or are they inclined on their own to see it in their own way? So kids start to see their own reality when they're about four or five. Uh, almost 20 years ago, I used to do a volunteer work at my daughter's kindergarten. And then right just before Christmas, you know, uh, we celebrate Christmas. Uh, not we, We're not Christians, but we celebrate Christmas as like fun holiday thing. Sure. It's a marketing thing, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I casually ask one boy who's about five or six and ask him, what kind of present do you want to have? You know, it's just a casual conversation. And he looked kind of sad and he said, no, Santa Claus is not coming to my house. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, who, said, who said that? My mom. <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> We are so poor, so Santa Claus is not coming. <laughs> what a you know sad statement. And uh, obviously, kids know 
that the uh, the the family doesn't have much money, which is not really true because I know their parents. But she was probably joking, you know. Uh, but the joke didn't really just sound like a joke. It's like the end of the world in its own um, thing. And then later, uh, I happily discovered he got a present, you know, <laughs> uh, for <Okay>. your <laughs> for your comfort. But he looked so sad, and so kids start to just feel the reality when they're four or five and six. Finally, and then by the age eight or nine, yeah, you know, your kids can figure out your family's uh, um, more poor or more wealthy, you know, in in your school uh, district. So uh, your kids uh, start thinking like, uh, you know, John has more money, or like you know, Jennifer, her family is rich, you know, so that kind of thing. People start talking when you're nine. So you have to teach your kids where you are financially and why is that? And then why some people get more money and uh, wh why others don't get enough? And and just uh, start teaching about the whole economy of the world. And then uh, you can tell your kids that you're so um, uh, lucky that you're born in the States uh, or Canada or wherever, the, uh, you know, if you're in an industrial country, you don't have to worry about starvation. But if you are uh, um, unlucky to be born in some parts of the world, uh, survival is day-to-day -day issue. But, uh, you know, in, in, in North America, uh, your family is here. You know, my, our family is here. It's because I'm working this kind of job. And some people are wealthy because their, um, uh, their job is bringing them money. But, you know, some, or, you know, that doesn't mean that more money equals happiness. So you have to know about money. And then remember, uh, what you do will bring you money. So if you do what you love, money will come, come back with love. But if you hate your job and then get more money, and uh, still you, you cannot be happy. That's why people are going to drugs and unhealthy stuff. So the most important thing is listen to your heart and what you love will bring money. And if you can teach your kids that your love of life brings them money, I think <clears throat> your kids can have a healthy attitude about money. I want to make sure we mention you're working on a new book about kind of the emotional pain some people go through with money. Could you mm -hmm. just touch on that a little bit so we have a little preview as to what people can expect from you in the future? Yes. So um, I'm writing a book called uh, Heal Your Money, Heal Your Life uh, about healing your money wounds. And um, the most important thing is that uh, we tend to worry so much about money because we have emotional wounds. So uh, I guess if you start looking what happened in your past, for me, uh, I've been denied uh, many times uh, because my parents were conservative, conservative, so they try not to spend money. So they wanted uh, to teach me about the frugality, uh, you know, the uh, and and I'm sure um, you uh, can relate to me uh, in some ways. So uh, for me, spending money was a big thing, a sin, or like a felony, you know. So uh, <laughs> that was my um, background. So uh, even though I was uh, I was 20, 25, I had this funny feeling about spending money. And my wife <clears throat> pointed out, why do you feel so uh, funny about spending money? And I, I realized, and then, oh, it's my parents. 
And then we had a lot of uh, healing. I cried a lot. And, and then she said, okay, you can spend as much money as you want. But I couldn't because I was, <laughs> I was born and brought up that way. So that kind of healing happened between uh, my wife and I. And, and I've learned so much because of the limitations. I feel I, I have it here. I just cannot spend money. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm so happy to spend money for other people, but I just couldn't uh, spend it on me. So um, by healing your money, emotional wounds, uh, you can be so free. So I can buy um, many things if I want to, even though uh, my parent taught me well, so I don't want more things. <laughs> so mm-hmm. my habit doesn't really change, but I mean, I feel so different. So if you can be free from your money uh, related stress from childhood, you feel so free. Now, you mentioned in your book, I think one of the core tenets is the IQ about money and the EQ about money. And this, to me, it's all about relationships. And it, this transcends money. It's like interpersonal relationships, romantic re- relationships. It's not just the left side of your brain. You have to have the right side also. You have to be, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I had a friend and he and his wife were getting a divorce. And I said, what's, what's happened? They've been married for 20 years. And he said, well, she doesn't laugh at my jokes anymore, but I gave her a really good deal and she rejected it because he left her for somebody else. And uh-huh. I said, it's not a business deal. I said, you're looking at it. This is an emotional issue. So that intellectually, what he was saying was true, but emotionally, what he was saying was, well, it was truthful about how he felt, but mm-hmm. it was not uh, accurate, if you will, or wise about how do you look at the relationship and the, the divorce proceedings, if you will, because it's an emotional issue. And I would think the same thing, and, and it has to do with money also, particularly with divorce. But talk to us a little bit about the, the importance and the differences between financial IQ and EQ. So money IQ is knowledge around money, um, about business, uh, and tax laws, and also um, uh, how to market your business. That kind of uh, knowledge is um, available anywhere. So uh, financial intelligence um, can teach you how to invest, how to make money, how to save, how to protect, how to to multiply your money. So many books are uh, out there, so you can learn about those. But I think it's more important to learn about money EQ, which is financial uh, emotional intelligence that, that I teach. Uh, that is um, receiving well, appreciation, and uh, how well um, your relationship, um, what kind of relationship you you have with money. So if you have high EQ, you don't worry about money, you feel no stress about money, and then money becomes air. Uh, For a lot of people, money becomes either ice, which is cold, or water, which needs uh, uh, um, control. If there's too much uh, money in your family, say, that's a flood situation. Everybody can get washed away. And if it's drought, which is miserable because you're so thirsty, and uh, uh, that's not fun either. So if money becomes air, that is a high high money EQ life, you don't think about money anymore because it's air, it's everywhere. And then... If you want to do something, money can be right right here and uh, get you the tickets, get you the hotel rooms, or get you the store, or get you the clothing, or get you to do uh, to make your dreams come true. And that doesn't mean that you need to be a millionaire. Uh, the important thing is you have the access 
So I'm teaching people to be free from money emotionally, because once you know that uh, the, the numbers uh, of your bank account uh, doesn't really matter. If you don't have any money, but if you have a very, very close relationship with a, a millionaire friend, he or she can pay the bills, you know, which is probably a new concept because in, in the West, people are just, this is mine and that's yours. You know, <laughs> I'm paying for mine, you know, you pay yours. Right. But think about it. If you have uh, five millionaire friends who are so deeply in love with you, they'll help you. So um, uh, access is more important. So uh, don't depend on uh, bank account. Uh, you should depend on your family members and uh, close friends who make sure that you will not fall. Um, so if you have like at least three or five friends who are like that, you don't have to worry about money for the rest of your life. So feel relaxed and focus on what you want to do. And uh, if you do that enough, money will follow. That is what high uh, money EQ teaches. You know, it's amazing. Uh, you mentioned a statistic, the future of money. 85% of jobs by 2030 do not exist now. When you talk about AI and some people are afraid of AI and some people are welcome. And it's just like, to me, it's like the internet. It's a, you know, it's a gift and a curse. It depends on how you use it. Could you talk to us a little bit about that, Ken, AI and also the future of money where the jobs are going to be shifting? I mean, if you look, if you look back 30 years ago where there was no Google, the, you know, Microsoft was very small. There was no Amazon. I mean, all the big companies now didn't even exist 30 years ago. So there's always, to me, that says there's always opportunities and you need to look forward when you're thinking about money instead of looking back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like um, uh, you moved from one city to where you are, which is like heaven, and and then uh, that was possible because you don't have to be in uh, TV studio and uh, the internet and all the Zoom and other technology, and so a lot of people are freed uh, from uh, the limitation of where they live and where they work, so technology can free you so much. But some people don't have the benefit. Like say, if you're a dentist, you know, a Zoom technology or internet technology doesn't really free you. You still have to see the patients and all that. So some people can take advantage of uh, um, the free um, technology. So I think for the next 10 years, we're gonna experience a huge shift in society. So more and more people will have a freedom uh, uh, what to do and what not to do. And I think I'm expecting a few years of a rough, uh, bumpy road, uh, bumpy ride. But after that, we're going to see a beautiful world, which you don't really have to work uh, because we're uh, inventing technology of free food, free energy. So uh, if that happens, we don't have to worry about money because money was just a number. So uh, like salt and pepper, we used to fight over that and then killed each other. But who want, who will fight for water, <laughs> and who white uh, fight for salt and pepper? You know, uh, we don't. I mean, if your neighbor said, "Can can I just borrow your uh, salt and pepper?" You'd probably say, "Oh, take it." You know, because exactly. I have several in, in my kitchen. But money, uh, we think it's so important. So I think uh, in 20, 30 years, money will become just numbers, and mm -hmm. people don't care so much about it. We know that that exists. 
but uh, that doesn't mean so much emotionally because everything is taken care of uh, and the technology will probably free us uh, all. So hang in there for the next five years. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. It's going to be bumpy, but it's going to get better. Let's close out with, the I think, the most important part of your book, Ken. And my special guest, once again, Ken Honda, this book, the amazing book, Happy Money, Five Steps to Happy Money for our mm -hmm. listeners and viewers out there. You want to get into those or should I throw them out at you? Yeah, could you throw them up because okay. <laughs> I kind of forget. <laughs> <laughs> One, shifting out of the scarcity mindset. Mm. So, you know, uh, we tend to believe that uh, once we let go of money, no money left. But in fact, uh, by letting go of the money, new money comes in. It's like food, you know. When we eat, we need to release. So if you just hold on to the money, just remember, just after you eat, I'm going to refuse to go to the bathroom for the next five days. What's going to happen? You know. So just releasing well is the essence of health. So just releasing money well is the, the new money um, coming in. So let okay. go of your money and then you feel um, and trust the money flow and the money comes in. So more, more trust and that uh, circulation will make you healthy emotionally. I love it. Okay, number two, drum roll. Forgive and heal your money wounds. We caught, we, we touched on that. Yeah, we, we, uh, we've been talking about that and just come up uh, with a few ideas what happened. And then uh, if you understand uh, what kind of situation your parents are in and understand them, and if you can forgive them for being stupid. They were young during their 20s and 30s. You know, uh, I wish our parents knew, but they're just kids. Yep, they're human beings. I think at a certain point, everybody everybody comes to terms with that. I remember where my parents, like, I worked at a, a Swedish car company, Volvo, and I, I could buy the company car. And they said, no, no, don't buy the car. And then I was going to buy a small apartment in the city. Like, don't buy the apartment in the city. And I was going to buy a house. Don't buy that house. It's old. And I'm like, geez, if I listen to them, I'll end up living in my room the rest of my life. So I actually cut them. It was a good, it was good news because I said, I'm not going to, I love them. But, and they're trying to help. But this is this is um, the message to me is start to make your own decisions and trust them. So number three is discover your gifts and mm -hmm. get into the flow. It's a little bit of a segue, but the point right. is find out what you love to do and then just be comfortable with it instead of uh, just being reactive. Yeah. So just come up with what you're good at, because that's what the world needs you. So uh, if you start sharing your gifts, could be your writing, could be your speaking, could be your connecting people, could be creating something online, that will bring you money. Trust life, number four. And I think that's oh so important. It's one of the aspects of your book I really love because it's not about the dollars and cents with the money. It's about your relationship with money. And one of the most important relationships we have and it, for anything is trusting in life and how it works and not just being afraid and not just reacting to everything, but getting in connection with the universal flow. Yeah. So trust in life is the hardest one because uh, we have a hard time. We have trust issues, you know, and especially if you're living in big cities. But think about it. Uh, you worried about so many things, but uh, think about it. How much did come reality? 95% of our worries never happen. So uh, and if 5% uh, bad things happen, deal with it. But don't waste 95% of your en uh, energy wasting 
for your sleepless nights. So sleep well and then get ready for the 5%. And the 5% may not amount to enough, uh, so much about uh, things. And and then uh, you don't have to worry about for the rest of your life. So uh, when you start worrying, just uh, come up with a system. So uh, pinpoint what what's bothering you and just uh, think about it. Is this really happening? Probably not. So you can let go. So um, please learn how to trust in your life. That is the most important skill uh, you can teach your kids, by the way. If you if your kids uh, will not worry about anything, that's the biggest gift you can give to your kids. Oh, beautifully said. And last but not least, say arigato all the time, as I say to you, Ken Honda. Thank you for being on Guys Guys <laughs> Radio. You. And when your new book's done, please come back. Please tell everybody out there where they can learn more about you, where they can take some of your courses, where they can get your books and anything else you want to uh, promote. So thank you. Um, so um, my English information is limited. So I do um, an online community called Arigato Living Community. So we meet once or twice a month and I teach about uh, happy money and how to discover your gifts and how to multiply them. So um, this is an interna international community from uh, 15 different countries. So we dif uh, we meet at different time zones. So some of, of them are North Americans are South American and some of them for European and Africans and, and for, uh, for Japanese and Chinese and Australians. So I'm enjoying this community. So if you want to uh, learn more about uh, free information, you can visit kenhonda.com. Uh, I'm putting, translating a lot of information up there. So, uh, and I'm going to start another world tour. So I hope to meet you in person somewhere because be great. that was so much fun when I did the world tour. I met a lot of uh, great people in Europe, US and Australia. And they're incredibly beautiful people. So I look forward to meeting you in person. Fantastic. Well, arigato. Ken, keep doing the work you're doing. You're really helping the planet. And thank, thank you. you. I consider you a, a friend, even though we don't know each other very well, but I just can connect with your work. And I love the fact you're helping people with something that they struggle with every day. And you're, the way you're doing it is to get them to look at it from a dev, very different angle and perspective. And I think it's really positive. And please keep going on these world tours. Please keep doing what you're doing. And arigato for being on Guys Guys Radio again, Ken. Ken Honda, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. And everybody, I'm giving you all my blessing and love to you. There's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be. Yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Guys Guy Radio, starring author Robert Manny, is on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Whether it's relationships, sex, wellness, or spirituality, join Robert as he interviews the experts about how men and women can be at their best. Guys Guy Radio. Better men, better world. It's Guys Guy Radio. What a fascinating interview once again with Ken Honda. From Japan, we talked about money, happy money, and just overall the vibration and frequency of money and how we can best work with it so money becomes something that is, brings us joy and not anxiety. So what did we learn today? I think we learned just that. We want to look at money from a positive perspective, understanding that money flows. 
So when you pay your bills, do so happily because you have the money to pay that bill. When you put the money out there, more money will come in. And it's easy to think about, oh, if I spend the money, then I don't have any more or I have less. Well, you got to get into the flow so you can attract more money, have a positive vibe, positive outlook, positive frequency about the whole concept of money and wealth and abundance and not just think about the dollars and cents. Of course, we have to pay our bills. Of course, we have tangible assets we have to deal with. We have to pay bills. We have to earn money. But if you spend all your time freaking out about money and, and look at it from a position of lack, it's going to become very uncomfortable. So what Ken teaches us is to get in the flow with money, be happy with what you have, openly send out the frequency and the messaging to attract more of it, make sure you share, make sure you don't hoard it, and leave room to attract more money in your wallet, in your bank account, in your life, and see money as energy. Because when you really break it down, money, it's, a, it's, it's represented on a piece of paper, but what is it? We don't really have the gold standard now. I guess we kind of have an oil standard for money. And soon, who knows what's going to happen with cash? And is it all going to be digitized? Is it all going to be crypto? And money just keeps changing. So I think we have to keep our heads screwed on right when it comes to money and not let, us, let it create fear, but think of it in a way of attracting abundance as best we can. Of course, it's challenging with everything going on, but do your very best not to let the feelings of lack, the feelings of fear get to you. All right, Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA Radio here in Southern California, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM. The show rebroadcasts on Sunday evenings on KCAA at 6 p.m. Pacific time. The podcast, which travels all around the world and can be heard and has been downloaded in over 101 countries, Drops every Thursday morning, first thing, as does my YouTube, Guys Guys TV, and also our Rumble, Guys Guys TV also. So you can watch the interviews with my guests, you can listen to the entire show, however you want to consume the content, the content rather, excuse me, Guys Guys Radio, we're here for you. Do I ask you anything in return? I ask you one thing, and it doesn't cost anything. I ask you if you enjoy the content. And the guests, I bring you each and every week to the show. If you would please support us by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you'd like to watch the interviews, please subscribe to our YouTube and Rumble channels. And we'll be able to do more and more shows because, as you know, it's competitive out there. Everybody and their grandmother seems to have a podcast on YouTube now. And we've been doing this thing. We're approaching... 530 some odd shows now and I've interviewed well over 650 guests so we've been at it we've been here for you bringing you the best guests the best content the best information to help men and women live their best lives so everybody can win guys guys radio you can also check me out on my website robertmanny m-a-n-n-i.com on the website I've got over 300 in-depth blog posts about life, 
love, the pursuit of happiness, basically everything we cover on the show, wealth, wellness, relationships, dating, sex, longevity, diet, fitness, etc. I write about all of that stuff on robertmanny.com. And you can also, as a bonus, download three free chapters of my novel, which is really the source material for everything Guy's Guy. And it is a novel, it's a story, and it's called The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. You can download three free chapters, and if you want to buy it, you can get the ebook or the physical copy on Amazon or wherever you buy your books online, or you can find it in some stores, but it's probably easier to find it on Amazon. So, Guys Guys Radio, I'm going to be here with you each and every week throughout the fall and into the winter, and onward and upward we go. I've got a lot of wonderful guests lined up for you, and as you know, I'm very particular about what guests I bring to the show. They have to be able to offer you guys something out there who are my listeners, my audience, and I thank you. I thank Chris, my wonderful producer. I thank all my terrific guests that I've had on the show and 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 are scheduled for the show for the remainder of this year and into 2023. And most of all, I thank you, my wonderful audience. It keeps growing and growing and growing. We're going to be back here next week. And as I always like to say, until then, guys, guys, finish first. 